listener. Welcome back to Broadsheet Sydney Around Town. I'm Emma Joyce, Broadsheet's features editor, and I host this short guide to Sydney. Today, we're diving into a new steakhouse in the city. Yep, another steakhouse, except this one, called Alfie's, guarantees your sirloin on the table in 15 minutes. And its super cold martini is served at minus 10 degrees. But first, we're hearing from Broadsheet Sydney food and drink editor Grace McKenzie about two Australian bars that made it into the world's 50 best bars list. Grace was on the ground in Singapore when the awards were announced, and she tells us how it all works and why those two venues have placed so highly this year. Hey, Grace, you were in Singapore. What was the vibe like while you were there? It was amazing. There was just really this like supercharged party vibe everywhere you went. The world's 50 best bars list is something that drops annually and it kind of, it tells us the best bars all around the world and it's compiled by judges. But why should we care about this list? Why is it so important to us? I suppose it's like the most definitive list that is compiled every single year. So a panel of 680 judges, which, you know, range from drinks experts to writers to industry figures, all submit their top seven bars. They have to have been in the last 12 months and there's no like set criteria, but from what I've heard, they want to keep it not definitive so that like what the best bar is, you know, is wide ranging. Obviously the quality of the drinks, the presentation, how it feels, how other people in the bar are experiencing it. I actually was at a lunch and someone was like explaining to me and I just was like, are you a judge? And they were like, yeah but I can't really tell you that. And she was like, you know, I go back multiple times. I make sure that I've got like a full experience. So two Australian bars made the 50 to one list this time around. One is in Melbourne, one is in Sydney. What was different about this list and who were those bars or what were those bars? Um, So it was Caretaker's Cottage in Melbourne and maybe Sammy from Sydney. Both of them placed higher than they have ever done. Last year, Caretakers made it into the long list, came in at number 60. And this time, maybe Sammy, which has like dominated every single year since they've entered the list, um, they came in at number 15. They really have dominated. Is it their fifth year now included in the list? Fifth year included in the list. And each and every single time, they've also been the top bar in the Asia Pacific region. So what is it the judges love the most about maybe Sammy? It's very theatrical. A considered effort has been put into how you feel when you're in the bar. You would kind of think that it could be gimmicky, like it's air horns and bubble guns and really boisterous bartenders, but it it just isn't. They don't lose a lick from any of the quality or the taste and all of the drinks are, you know, really go that extra mile. Now you were on the tools while you were in Singapore. You were working, you were kind of reporting on what was happening. You were trying to have conversations with bartenders <laughs> where you could. But did you try any drinks over there? Did you try any cocktails? I did. I tried some great ones. Um, it's funny because all of the 50 best bars were in Singapore. So actually the bars get told that they'll be in the top 50. They just don't know where they'll place so that they're present. Throughout the week that I was there, they were like popping up in some of Singapore's really great bars. I ended up at Stay Gold Flamingo and just by chance and was drinking maybe Sammy cocktails, which is funny. 
Um, and my favorite of theirs was actually this non-alcoholic mandarin seltzer vibe that was very nuanced for something that looks like a soda. <laughs> now, we've spoken about the two Australian bars in the list, but we should definitely mention number one in the world. Which bar was ranked number one? Yeah, number one was Sips, a little bar in Barcelona that is from two industry figures in Spain. It's only been open nearly two years and they're really focused on, you know, sustainability and doing things like in a really refined way. They also do something that maybe Sammy has just done here, which is like they've got a bar inside the bar. I feel like lots of the bars on this list are really thinking about what's going to get you out of the house. Now, number two on the list, Double Chicken Please in New York. You happen to have been there recently on holiday. What's that one like? It was so great. It's really unassuming. They placed last year. I think they were number six. And so that's why we had headed there when I was in New York. They've got a group of cocktails in their front bar that are all pre-batched and they're just like come from little taps. And then out the back, there is a moodier kind of place for you to stay a while longer where there's like cocktails that taste like a slice of pizza and things that are just a little bit more fun. Their bartender received an award calling him out and the entire room just went off. And I think that that was kind of what the energy was like the entire time. Like it was so multicultural and there were all of these people from all over the world and everybody was super friendly and you could tell really cared about each other. And I heard from my from my judge insider that that is kind of a way that bars do make it onto a list is that they're really participating in like the global scene. Now back to Sydney, are there any bars that you would love to see featured in the list, either in the kind of 50 to 1 or the higher up, 51 to 100, that you feel just haven't had that international recognition? I actually thought Bar Planet might make it into the top 100. Again, it's somewhere with like the experience has been something that's curated. They focus on the martini. It's a great one in my opinion. And then I really thought El Primo Sanchez was going to make it. So El Primo Sanchez is by the Maybe Sammy group. And it is that one that you mentioned that has a kind of secret little bar in it as well. Can you tell us how do we enter that secret bar? Yeah. So inside El Primo is La Prima. um, And you have to have already pulled up a seat, gotten a drink at El Primo. And then if you've got the right vibe, you might be invited in to La Prima, but um, you also can just ask one of the staff if you can like go in and it's this tiny little 10 person cocktail bar behind like a trick door inside El Primo Sanchez. I've been and it was like a really amazing time. Like you kind of lose the feeling that you're in Sydney. Like it really does transport you and you're just there. It's so dark that your phone doesn't really pick anything up. So all of a sudden no one's on their phones and you're drinking really nice mezcal. It's a really great time. Well, I feel like we should be very proud that the 15th best bar in the world is right here in Sydney. So if you haven't been to Maybe Sammy, you can find it at 115 Harrington Street in The Rocks. The group behind Bisteca and The Gidley has opened a third steakhouse in the city. This one boasts a 15-minute turnaround time. It's one we've talked about before on the podcast, and you might recall that it claimed it would have the coldest martini in Sydney, which is the thing I'm most intrigued about. So Broadsheets Directory Editor Dan Cunningham has visited. Let's start with the martini. Is it as cold as claimed? 
yeah, it's minus 10 degrees. I don't know how you tell the difference between like a zero degree martini and a minus 10, but it's, um, you know, it's pretty damn cold and I think you can, you know, you can taste it. But I mean, uh, above all, it's, it's just a really great tasting martini. This place, Alfie's, you said it has a vibe that reminds you of like a bar in East London. What is it about the space that makes you think of that place? It just kind of doesn't really look like any other steakhouse. I think that's probably the, the bigger point. It's super casual. And when we were kind of walking up to it, it just sort of looked like a club that you actually wanted to be in. I don't want to be in most clubs most of the time. There was a real vibe to it. And when you walk inside... They put a lot of work into sort of the art on the walls. It's kind of got this graffitied sort of real street art sort of aspect to it, which I was skeptical of, but then seeing it in situ, I was actually, you know, I was very surprised at how well it worked. And there's a projector that's spitting stuff onto the wall and it's, yeah, it's, it's just not like any other steakhouse I've ever been to. And that's the whole point, really. The team really wanted to sort of depart from what they've done before. They've got two really, really great steakhouses in the CBD already. But then that is, that is on top of like countless others. It feels like there's a lot of places opening that are serving steak. Yeah. And, and this is something I sort of touched on a little bit in the story was that, you know, this year, I think more than any other kind of a restaurant we've seen open in Sydney, it's been this like fire-based cooking and it's all about splashing out and kind of having these big celebratory kind of lunches, dinners, um, you know, we're in a new phase, right? Like, I mean, now we're kind of seeing that sort of change a little bit. Maybe people are done celebrating and they want something like a little bit more affordable. And here we are with Alfie's, which is definitely something that we, we haven't really seen before. That 15-minute turnaround time is their key point of difference. How are they ensuring that? Like, what is it about this place, what you can order, for example, what's available, that means that they can guarantee such a quick turnaround? Well, there's a couple of elements to it. And I think one of the major pieces of it is that this is now sort of a central butcher for the whole group. So all the meat is getting delivered there. I don't know if you know listeners are familiar with Bistecca or the Gidley, but those restaurants only really serve one kind of a steak. So at Bistecca, it's the T-bone, which is, which is kind of their big specialty. It's like just this one cut, this huge cut. It's like a, you know, it's a beast. You can share it between several people. Gidley is the ribeye and then Alfie's is, is the sirloin. And so all the butchering and wet aging is happening at Alfie's. And yeah, so they're distributing from there. And then the team were kind of going for something similar to a couple of restaurants in Europe. One of them is called Flatiron in London, which is this idea that you can get a single cut of steak and it's a really quick turnaround. But, you know, it's kind of a nicer, it's a nicer place. So 15 minutes is what they're guaranteeing and um, that's a huge component of the of the price tag as well, which is $38 and that's not including sides either. And you can see sort of the whole process almost in action. Like when you go, when you go to the toilets, there is this kind of blood red box at the back of the venue and it is the aging room and you can just see all the steaks just kind of doing their thing in there and... It's basically from the from the that room to the grill to your table. It's like meters, right? So this is how are they getting it to fifteen minutes? I mean, it's it's just all happening there. And I love this quote in your story, which is from the executive chef. 
Alfie's is for the crowd who have to go back to work, not the CEOs. And they're talking about the speed of service. And I just really like that. I also love that the other restaurants probably are for the CEOs. Does it feel like you're sitting in a restaurant of of fellow workers, of people who've got a deadline after they've had dinner? When we went, it was definitely the after work crowd who maybe, you know, weren't in a hurry to, to leave. There's a few few minus 10 degree martinis getting around. It's a place that you could definitely just go and have a knockoff as well. I think that's really important. Like it's, it's kind of open to the street. You can kind of see everything that's going on. And yeah, you can just treat it like a bar if you really wanted because there's a kind of great sort of bar snack menu. If you want to do the steak as well, you can kind of go further in and and um, sit down. So it, it's definitely, you can treat it in a few different ways. We've talked about the steak, but are there any noteworthy side dishes? To me, the, the really cool thing was that they're just not doing the obvious thing and serving tomato sauce or mustard or whatever you want with the, with the, with the fries. They're serving it with like a British chip shop curry sauce, which is just like, you know, totally different. And I, th- I think that they're, um, they're going to see how it goes because it's, it's a bit of an acquired taste, I think. Maybe it is. How do you feel about it? I like curry sauce on my chips, but <laughs> I just want to caveat that it, it really isn't curry like it's not a good curry it's a really bad interpretation of what you might have at a british indian restaurant it's part of the culture there to have curry with your fish and chips and i I like that he's trying it he's going to see how the australians adapt and whether or not they take to it yeah we'll see we'll see I also spied a gelato on a stick as dessert which i'm very taken with it kind of looks like a nutty magnum the guys have uh, teamed up with Chichian and Sons, which is probably the best gelateria in Sydney, or one of, I would say. Yeah, they kind of collabed on that. And it's like a burnt maple gelato with rosemary, and it's super different. You can get it to go as well. It comes in a box, you know, if you're that way inclined, if you want to grab it and go. But again, there's kind of all these yeah, fun little things going on here. And I think, you know, this is just one example. Well, you'll find Alfie's at Unit 4, 6 Blythe Street in Sydney. And that's all we have time for today. Of course, you can stay up to date with what's happening around Sydney at broadsheet.com.au and at broadsheet underscore Sid on Instagram. A listener production.